Micro Megos Jenna Gardner is a Montana native, more or less. Although her family originally lived in Phoenix, Arizona, they relocated to the town of Hamilton in western Montana when she was in 7th grade. And although she now spends much of her time in New York City, Montana will always be her home. Armed with an accounting major from MSU and experience working at Triple Creek Ranch, Jenna founded J.G. Blackbook, a consulting firm for companies in the travel sector. From that start, she has developed a network of businesses and organizations, almost more than I can count. To start our interview off, I asked her to give a quick rundown of this list. It's really great to be here in beautiful Bozeman this morning on this sunny day. I am the CEO of JG Worldwide, the parent company we created to house um, our various companies. In the portfolio, we have two award-winning marketing agencies, Mercury here in Bozeman, and the company I founded 15 years ago in New York, JG Blackbook. In addition, we have uh, four tour operators that specialize in creating custom trips here in the United States and Canada, Morocco, Spain, Portugal, Greece, Turkey, Jenna developed Egypt, her passion for Israel, travel at an early age when her family spent summers exploring the United States in a motorhome. We all loved it, but especially me. I loved travel. I knew that travel would be a big part of my life. I never realized, though, that I would be able to marry that passion for travel with a career. So I feel really fortunate that I did. But it wasn't something that was in the back of my mind as a kid. I just loved traveling. Was there any reason your parents thought travel was important? As a teacher, I think my mom really believed that seeing and touching and experiencing was a better way of truly understanding and grasping things than just reading in books. She believed in kind of that whole well-rounded education that included, you know, all the senses versus just reading and learning about it. When she got to college, Jenna wasn't certain what she wanted to study and even considered pursuing a career as a math teacher. But she eventually graduated from MSU with an accounting degree after discovering a love for the subject. She went on to spend two years working in Portland and Seattle. But Montana never stopped being home, and she was eventually drawn back. I moved back to Montana because my hometown, Hamilton, had a position open for a business manager of the school district. So I went to work for the school district, loved that job, and did that for a couple of years. Jenna had worked for Triple Creek Ranch, a luxury resort in the Bitterroot Mountains while in college. During her stint here, she befriended a couple who were visiting as guests. Eventually, these two, Craig and Barbara Barrett, bought the ranch and contacted Jenna to help them create a budgeting plan. She took them up on the offer and left her position at the Hamilton School District. So I worked on some projects for them in accounting for two or three years, and then Barbara Baird asked me if I would work for her full-time in sales marketing, which was kind of a joke because I'd said to her, I don't know anything about the tourism industry and I don't know anything about sales marketing, and she said, neither do I, let's all learn it together, and I've never looked back. At what point did you start thinking that you'd want to make your own business? So when I was a kid, I used to always say I was going to own a business. And then I went through high school and college and was focusing on a degree and a career and had never really thought about starting a business. But I had moved to New York and worked for Ritz Carlton. And one day I was like, I'm going to start this business. And I did. And it took, it was a few months into it, maybe even a year that I looked back and I was like, wow, I started a business. I'm really actually doing that. 
I always say, be careful what you throw out to the universe. I'm one of those firm believers. If you throw things out to the universe, let it marinate, don't dwell on it. It'll eventually come back to you. Maybe not in a form that you recognize at first. Um, I found it at a good time in my life. I was 33. I had two hotels, Triple Creek Ranch, where I started being one of them, and a very dear friend of mine who worked for the Wawinit up in Nantucket that needed someone to help them with sales and marketing. And so I had two clients when I started out, and I didn't have financial support or friends, but it it just slowly it took off and grew on its own naturally. And how fast did it grow? How long until you started getting more clients? I hired my first employee within the year and then had hired three more within the second year. So it grew pretty steadily, but the first couple of years were definitely the hardest. And anybody who owns their business as an entrepreneur, you were doing, I mean, the good thing is my education really helped because I was doing accounting and invoicing and billing and taxes on top of contracting and finding clients and doing most of the work. And so I say it was a good time to start at 30 because I had unlimited energy and no kids and resources that, you know, on the weekends I could work. Um, yeah. And so nowadays, obviously you have roots in Hamilton, Montana, you've mentioned that, but nowadays your company is based in New York city. So why would you leave the East coast to come back and do an interview for a podcast here in Bozeman? So New York city is our East coast headquarters for a few of our companies. But when we started buying our tour operators three years ago, a lot of the business that we do, a lot of the travel that we promote is to the Western United States and the national parks and people wanting to get out and see what we call real America. And we've always said we needed a West Coast headquarters. So my CFO and COO and I were debating, you know, where that makes the most sense. And we had actually landed on Bozeman over a year and a half ago just because we love the town. Air access makes it easy to get to. Bozeman has this mystique about it. For people who don't know Bozeman, you say Bozeman and people are like, oh, I want to go to Bozeman. They don't even know anything about it. And so we'd already thought about Bozeman and then Mercury came up for sale. I'd known that agency over the past 10 years. I've sort of been watching them. And we flew in and in 30 days we closed a deal to buy Mercury and just make this our West Coast base. Mercury is a Bozeman-based marketing firm that has received national awards and recognition for their campaigns. Jenna had been watching them for a while and had already been impressed by their work. And they launched this award-winning, nationally award-winning campaign called the Get Lost Campaign. It was all over the subways of New York, all over the banners, and there was this huge sense of state pride for me, being a Montanan, seeing it everywhere. You'd hear people on the subways talking about Montana and whispering, reading the ads. And I just, again, it's one of those things I say, watch what you throw out to the universe. I was like... I want to work with them one day. I want to work with that agency. They are really brilliant. What is Mercury doing for you nowadays? Mercury is working on a number of their own clients and projects here in Montana, but they're also working in tandem with our sister agency, JG Blackbook, and it offers a really great perspective for us. We can have individuals for either firm who are interested in either in a local or close to home campaign or interest, or people can come to us and look for kind of that national exposure because we have both agencies. We have a really nice kind of yin and yang bouncing ideas off of each other coming from people who get big sky country and fresh air versus city folks. So do you feel like there's this big difference in approach between East Coast people and people based here in Bozeman? I don't know if it's a difference in approach, but it's, there's definitely a difference. I'm not 
sure I can a hundred percent put my finger on it, but I always say, and I have lived on the East Coast now for a number of years, you can get very jaded that New York is sort of the center of the universe and think that all things rely on the East Coast. And I think what the West Coast, and specifically places like Bozeman, can offer is this really fresh perspective of people who just see the world differently. Now that you have Mercury here in Bozeman, do you have any other plans for expanding your interests in the city? We are opening up our headquarters for our two of our tour operators, Revealed America and Discover Outdoors here. Uh, Revealed America um, has been rooted in amazing travel, and we send a lot of people through the state of Montana and Wyoming and this region, um, and so it makes sense that they'd have a headquarters here. Uh, Discover Outdoors, they get urbanites out of cities and out into the into the great outdoors, so they're East Coast-based, but they when we bought them, they were wanting to move West Coast, so they asked if they could move their hub to Bozeman. And so we plan to make this literally our sister office for a New York office. We'll have a New York headquarters and a Bozeman headquarters. Having Montana's busiest airport next door helped Jenna make the decision to move operations here. And she had nothing but good things to say about the air service. Having helped other countries get direct flights into their major cities, Jenna knew how important this can be and difficult to execute. It's a a tedious and very thoughtful process to make that happen. So I I feel like the Bozeman city officials are very forward-thinking in getting us direct air service here. It makes my trip from New York so easy, and that's good for tourists, good for travel. Yeah, and we may have good air service, but parking in town is a little bit of a nightmare. Do you think the city's infrastructure is really ready for having all these businesses like JG Worldwide come in? You know, our home back... East Coast, we're in Westport, Connecticut, and they're they're fighting the similar thing. So I think that the Bozeman is a completely different city than it was 25 years ago when I was in college. And I think the city's done a really good job mapping out the infrastructure and the roads and and it has a lot fewer issues than you see in other similar-sized towns going through it. So I, I have confidence the city council will figure it out and figure out a nice big parking structure somewhere. But they've done a lot of things right, clearly. And so my, my money's on them because I think the airport and what they have developed has been really great for the growth of Bozeman. And speaking of attracting people, do you ever worry that if other corporations start following your example of moving their operations here to Bozeman, that the city and maybe even the whole state of Montana might change beyond recognition? I'm a big believer in change and progress. I know change is scary, and in human nature, we don't really like change, but we have to move forward. And if you're not moving forward, someone else is, right? So I I think the change and progress in Bozeman and other places across the state are very positive. I know we feel that we don't want this to become the next California or, but I don't think it will be because I think Montanans are so steadfast in what they want out of Montana. I asked Jenna to justify her confidence. Montana tends to attract, in my opinion, people that have a very similar work ethic and life perspective that they have. And, and I think that's a good thing. I think that What Montana will keep attracting are people similar to us and will be resilient in keeping out people that don't share the same values that we do as Montanans. I didn't want to pass up the opportunity to ask Jenna for her insights into the tourism industry. I decided to jump right in with this rather complex question. Tourism as industry is sometimes looked at as being a little bit superficial. People complain that tourists just show up somewhere for one or two days and take some photos without actually connecting with the place, and then they just move on with their lives. Does JG Black Book try to address this sort of tourist mentality? Yeah, that's a, a really great question. 
You know, so we, we can't really uh, affect the behavior of every tourist. But I think it's good to take stock in how powerful the tourism industry really is. It supports 10% of world GDP. 150 national economies are sustained by tourism. And one in 12 people work in the tourism industry. And then the United States, that's one in eight. So it's a huge positive resource for individuals. And I do believe strongly that the tourism industry, more so than the tourists, uh, they have a responsibility in preserving and protecting the very things that we promote as tourism professionals. And in that vein, we started a foundation in 2008 called the Bodhi Tree Foundation, which really has three pillars, protecting sustainability and human-animal conflict, preserving cultural initiatives, and then helping individuals and you know, humans in, in the regions where tourism is, is strong. And we've given to over 30 grassroots charities and really helped them kind of launch and get off the ground. And they, they all have a focus on promoting tourism in a respectful, responsible way and helping the people and the places in those regions. So I think that that's what tourism industry professionals can do. And tourists should just enjoy it. And we, we all benefit from having their money come into our economies and then they leave and we can use their monies to preserve and protect the things that we need to. Yeah, and tourism is definitely essential to Montana. In 2016, visitors to the state contributed over $3 billion to the state economy. Those visitors can do a lot of damage while they're here too. They can hurt the natural wonders they came to see. So what exactly is Bodhi Tree Foundation doing here in Montana? So in, in Montana, we haven't chosen a charity specifically for Montana. We've chosen to protect and give money to saving the wild Mustangs of America. And so there's a couple of big groups, one based in Utah, one based in California, um, raising awareness on the plight of the very iconic American Mustang. That's our one domestic charity that we're pretty involved in. But then we also give a lot of money to the national parks, not not just in the fees that we pay to send tourists, but we, we actually donate to the national parks. So Yellowstone is one of them. Glacier, um, it's always been in the DNA of Revealed America is to give back to our national parks because there's so much money they need to keep those lands pristine and safe and protected. And do you have a favorite national park or do you prefer not to choose favorites? Oh, hands down, my favorite's Yellowstone. And I'm not actually saying that because I'm sitting here in Bozeman. I just love Yellowstone National Park. I've taken my boys there already three or four times. They're only five. But all, all the parks are beautiful. Maybe that one is more home to me because I am from Montana, but um, Yellowstone is my favorite. Although the JG family of companies is focused on the mid to high-end travel experience, Jenna doesn't want images of luxury resorts to convince travelers that leaving the country will be out of their price range. We, we can do the highest end of a tourism vacation, but we can also fit pretty much any budget that someone wants to have. So it, it depends on the traveler. It depends on what they're, what they're looking for. And I can tell you that even just going to Disney World and one of our iconic playground parks, which you, you want to take your kids to, that in a week can be much more expensive than taking a proper trip to Africa to see the wildlife there. We did some budget numbers for some mothers that were part of a big mothers group in New York, and I priced out for them the difference between a Disney World vacation and a safari for a family of four, and Disney World was almost 30% higher. And if someone wants to start traveling on a budget, do you have any advice for how they should start trying to plan that trip? Well... Because we're in the travel industry, I usually say if you really want to do some traveling, um, a travel professional can show you 
how to do it within your budget the best possible way. And they will introduce you to companies and to things to see and do that you, you wouldn't find potentially on your own on the internet because there's just there's so much information. Apart from being the founder and CEO of a successful company, Jenna is a mother. I asked her to share some insights about raising a family while also tackling her many professional responsibilities, so many of which demand frequent travel, often internationally. Yeah, so I was fortunate to have triplet boys five years ago at the ripe age of 44. So our house is, I always call it my mini fraternity house all the time. Um, It takes a village. I say for all parents, you need a huge support system. I asked Jenna who her support system was. My parents uh, live in Montana. My husband's family live in Texas, so we don't have a lot of family support, but we have, we've created our own family network. So a couple of our coworkers spend a lot of time at our house. We have a nanny. I mean, raising kids has always been about community. And if you're, if you don't have that, your own community, which is your family community, I say, you know, create your own community. Uh, We do travel quite a bit. My husband and I try not to travel too much together. And when we do travel together, we try to take the kids. So they've kind of grown up traveling. And I, I think that makes them already at their age kind of they're understanding what being a good global citizen is, or at least they're, they're, they're starting to understand. Have you altered how you're involved with your companies at all since starting your family? I have. You know, I mentioned earlier when I started, I kind of blindly fell into kind of starting my company and hadn't given it a lot of thought, but I was young. And so working nights and traveling three weeks a month and working weekends wasn't a big deal because I, I didn't have a, a family. I think over time, having, you know, more people that work with me and having colleagues, um, you know, I've transitioned that, but I, I, I always say we're, you know, we're, we're not in, we're not brain surgeons and we're not curing cancer. There are some urgent things, but a lot of things are not. And so I'm, I, I'm really good about separating my weekends and my nights. And I think it makes me more, laser sharp focused in the work days. Like I don't get distracted by other things. I know what I need to get done because my kids are waiting for me to go to soccer with them or to go to karate with them. Jenna had one piece of wisdom in particular to impart concerning a good work home balance. And there was one piece of business advice. Someone I saw at a conference or something that said, every time you add something to your list of what you're going to be doing, you need to take something off your list. You either delegate it or decide that that's not as important anymore. And so I think that's a really good um, thing to always keep in mind, just to balance yourself, because we can always add and add to our list, but we have to be just as diligent to take things off our list. And then it sounds like you found a pretty good balance between your career and home life. Do you have any advice for parents, either fathers or mothers, who want to be able to have the same sort of balance between caring for their kids and also having a professional career? My only one piece of advice, and and anybody listening to this with kids can take that with a grain of salt, but, you know, I, I do think that parents feel this sense of guilt if they're working and they're not being with their children as much. But I do think my kids, I've seen that because they have this big network, lots of adults, in and out. They're very social. They're very confident. Now they've traveled. You know, they're really 
growing into little men. And I think I attribute part of that to the fact that I work. And, and of course, I, my kids will be, Mommy, why do you have to be on another conference call? Why aren't you not here? Blah, blah, blah. But I, I think in the end, um, whether you have boys or girls, those children respect that their, their, their parents have to work and they're working um, for them as well. And I, I think it helps them mature and grow. Maybe I just refuse to try to feel guilty about it. I know that kids can pull on those heartstrings, but I think that parents can balance the two. And I think that your kids won't be tarnished. I think they actually might be better off. And then of course I have to ask, where is your favorite place in the world to travel? (laughs) So my two favorite places, and I've always said this, this isn't um, just because we're sitting here, but I always say my two favorite places are Montana and Africa. There's just a similarity of big, beautiful, wide open landscapes, bright skies, lots of stars, amazing wildlife. It's surprising to me in all the places I've traveled throughout the world and all the various continents, the wildlife can be hard to see. And so people, why they go to Africa on safari is to see the amazing wildlife. But I would say you can see amazing wildlife in Montana unlike really a lot of other places in the world. And so to me, I I like cities clearly, um, and I like history and culture. My mother was a history teacher. She would cringe to hear me say, but I I just love the great outdoors, nature untouched. And so those have always been my two favorite places. Do you think that Montana is special anyway in terms of preparing people to be entrepreneurs? Do you feel like it's particularly a good state for that? I do. And um, I'm super proud because of the Blackstone launch pads here at the two state schools. The Blackstone launch pads located at the University of Montana and here in Bozeman at MSU offer entrepreneurs counseling, advice, and other help as they try to get their ventures off the ground. Um, I think Montanans have, and I hear this all the time, I've seen it with my own interns, Montanans have this kind of passion, dedication, creativity, and really They are instilled in hard work. We've had a lot of interns throughout the years from Montana that have come to New York. Now it's going to be exciting that we have offices here and they can still intern here. But I think there's an innate sense of kind of hard work and dedication and then this creativity. Those are essential skills for entrepreneurs. Always have to be nimble, thinking on your feet, willing to put in the the work and just be dedicated to the task at hand to be successful. And I think those are the three biggest characteristics that I see throughout Montana. If you are interested in learning more about JG Worldwide, the parent company for the JG family of businesses, you can visit their website at jgworldwide.com. You can learn more about the Bozeman-based Mercury marketing firm at their site, mercurycsc.com. And Jenna can be reached by email at Jenna, spelled J-E-N-A, at jgworldwide.com. I would like to thank the city of Bozeman, particularly the Public Library and Office of Economic Development, for giving me the opportunity to create this podcast. Additional thanks to Montana Campus Compact and to Gallatin Valley Community Radio for broadcasting the show. Tune your radios to KGVM 95.9 and give them a listen. Original music was provided by the benevolent Jeffrey Lackman, a friend. Feel free to leave a comment. I'd love to hear how you think we can make this better. Subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. And if you're an entrepreneur in the city of Bozeman, or you know an entrepreneur in these parts, let me know. Maybe your story can be the next retail. I can be contacted by email at vista at bozeman.net. That's V-I-S-T-A at bozeman.net.